0: Welcome to the session, everyone. Today, since it's our debut session, I wanted to talk about why I'm doing this in the first place. My own family's journey, um, what got me into talking about family health, and I guess even more specifically family health in relation to empowerment and choice and options and the world That is at our fingertips of holistic health and um, even though my story is the catalyst for a lot of what i do in my work i don't want my family to be the subject of everything i talk about but today i really do want to talk about them to celebrate our successes to talk about our setbacks and and all of the stuff in between so i really hope that you enjoy the show Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. Welcome to the session, everyone. All right, so today I wanted to talk about my story to our story. So what I mean by that is how I started to get into health and wellness and family wellness and um, personal wellness as also um with families and children and the world at large um in all capacities so i just wanted to talk a bit about that to introduce the family health revolution podcast uh because this is our first episode which i don't want to say i'm excited for because excited isn't exactly the word that i want to use i mean everybody says excited i'm excited for this i'm excited for that I say, yeah okay but more specifically, I feel ready. I feel grounded. I feel like uh, the things I want to say ha- have been so well thought out over the last at least 10 years of this journey probably well longer. I mean everybody's story lasts the span of their lifetime, right That's the that's that's what they learn you know is even when you're two or three or four none of that is negated. It's just part of what you've been learning. So it's not like I just started learning yesterday or any of you just started learning yesterday or 10 years ago or any sort of arbitrary number we might put on it but there are moments in our history where they are defining moments there are threshold moments there are moments that push you in a different direction that you thought you'd never go or didn't even know existed or open something up to your awareness that um, you couldn't ignore and so that's those are kind of the moments that i want to talk about today And also leading into, you know, the introduction to what this is going to be, this podcast, Um, what I want to do with it, what I would like to see come of it. So um, we'll be talking about that a little bit um, in this session as well. So these sessions will be about 15 minutes sessions. So I have decided not to spend a bunch of time chasing down and interviewing experts. I have a lot of recordings already that I've done for the Children's Health Summit that I can refer people to. And I may do summits on occasion, you know, maybe once a year, maybe once every two years, if that's the the direction I'd like to go. But I feel like we're so saturated and so inundated and overwhelmed with just a flood of information these days the internet is the wild west. Uh, the airwaves are just buzzing constantly with ideas and people's musings, and you know, arguments or connection or disconnection, whatever, however you want to see that or whatever's going on. It's just really overwhelming for people, and in particular for my people who I'm talking to, usually in my work and in my practice and in the in the coaching that I do and the programs that I run. Um, parents, right? Caregivers. Uh, there's a lot to learn and a lot that's um, being uncovered um, and always explored in this environment. So I wanted to make a podcast that was about 15 minutes long from start to finish. If we go a few extra minutes, well, that's okay. But um, And it's not really like me because if anybody's taken a program with me or listened to any of my interviews, I like to get into this And it's not like with if you're talking about holistic health or functional medicine, getting to root causes and resolving those root causes, it is not a 10-minute conversation. But what I've done is I've broken up that huge body of knowledge into smaller bite-sized pieces because I think that the more bite-sized they are, the more digestible they are, and the easier they are to actually integrate into your life Inspire you. I think that sometimes less is more and I always thought in my life more is more 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 and Really those I think that the little bits and those small changes are really what add up to the biggest and most significant success so that's what I'm doing and um, I, So I'm gonna back up to my story. So when I was um, I guess you know in my teens I think that that was really when I started to discover that I had a mind and I had a purpose. Uh, You know, I didn't know what that was, but I thought that I was going to be a psychologist and I thought that I would, you know, um, help to put answers to people's strife, you know, Um, help them to feel better and, and think better and all that stuff and, And what I realized from those first years of university was that that's not actually what I wanted to do in that way was I felt that I was more learning how to categorize people and fix them. And then I realized that's not what I wanted to do. I I don't actually now I don't even think there's such a thing. I don't think anybody needs to be fixed. But what I wanted to do was actually communicate with people, I wanted to understand them, and I wanted them to understand me. And so that's what got me started on this academic journey of becoming, you know, like taking English to everybody's chagrin. <laughs> what are you gonna do with your English degree? And I even saw, you know, in the bathroom at the university, um, a toilet pa- like above the toilet paper roll. It said English. Or no, it said arts degree and it had an arrow to the toilet paper roll right so this is this is the bias that people has like okay it's one of those things you get an art degree you get an English degree what are you going to do with that it's the only thing you can do is teach well okay yeah because a lot of the things I do involves teaching but it's also involves a lot of listening and a lot of learning and the most important thing is the connection piece so i was creative writing i was you know that that's sort of my career as far as um you know work was going it was it was going toward entrepreneur um entrepreneurialism is that a word <laughs> i should know i got my master's in english and then i started i had a minor in a bunch of other arts and and, and gender studies and stuff like that so um but i couldn't stop learning and then i had my children and i ran businesses and then um, was the big diagnosis day in our family. So I'm gonna back up a little bit. So my, I'm gonna go back to that. So in line and parallel to that trajectory I was going in, um, I also had lots of health issues. And so as all of us do, uh, there's something, you know, goes wrong with our health and we, you know, carry on, fix it, we move on, we heal, um, such as life. Uh, but my mine was really a history of bad, guts right not very good food i grew up in the 80s bags boxes and cans became very popular at that time um i was high stress and didn't really realize it i actually thought that stress and drama was normal so in my home and in my family circle or my not my family circle sorry my circle of friends i was sort of like an anchor to people but at the same time had my own inner struggle Um, There was a lot of addiction in my environment, uh, and I didn't succumb to that because I had to be the person who helped everybody. So, and I didn't, I intuitively knew that that's not the way I wanted to go, and I purposely didn't do drugs when everybody else I knew did drugs I, I drank some right I did I did I experimented with that for sure but there were play, times where I just didn't even bother I was the des- designated driver I was the person people could come and knock on their window and, and be welcomed in and uh, listened to as they cried and sobered up <laughs> so um, that was kind of my teenhood, and I thought it was normal um, but then later, you know, it wasn't serving me to live in a in that environment, uh, still being the person that everybody wanted to, you know, um, lean on. It was still fine because everybody grew up, right? Like, you know, it wasn't to that extent as it might have been in the teen years, and you know, it, it was it was fine. But in my day to day life, I started realizing that I needed better tools for my own emotional and mental state, and also my physical health, because my gut was destroyed by medications and a history of antibiotics. And, um, you know, and I was I was all right until I hit my mid 30s. So I had my children, you know, and when I did that, I was, you know, this holistic mom, you know, I wanted to do everything that more natural, it's because it was just to me, seemed like the way i wanted to live the way i wanted to raise my children and there were so many things about the world around us that didn't make sense to me like why would we want to do that why would we you know so they grew up outside they grew up um when we were in the city in parks and playgrounds and then we drive out to the country we would seek out nature all the time they were very free to learn what they wanted we did um we did uh, child-led learning, you know, we did some Montessori when they were little and then they were home with me and it was such a beautiful pr- privilege for me to um, grow alongside my children and so uh, three children later, my husband and I, we had three children and um, it, was, it seemed like we were living the dream really but there were still things that, you know, every family has to deal with. Uh, So in my mid-30s though, I crashed and and I don't necessarily think I crashed energetically yet, but we were building a house, hyper stressful, Um, it was on an acreage and I literally, I gained 35 pounds in, in in that time frame, you know, around that year. And I was the biggest I'd ever been, and I'm not a big person, I have small bones, and I've never been overweight in my life. (laughs) So that was bad. My joints were aching, Uh, I was hyper-stressed. I'd get home from, you know, I'd work from, you know, in the morning hours, like a three-quarter time job in academics, I was an academic coordinator at a university, and um, I would get all of that work done before nine o'clock, and I would pick up all of, you know, two of my crew members who we'd hired to help build the house. And I would come out to the site and then build the house with my bare hands, right? We were, I was learning, I was framing, we were insulating, we were, um, you know, siding the house and I was renting boomers and lifts and hiring a crane to lift our, our roof on the house. Like it was, I contracted a house, And I'd never done that before. So it was an adventure, a beautiful adventure. Bring the kids out. They were still homeschooling, right? And get them to help wherever they could. And, um, but it was a lot. And then uh, by the end of the day, we were, you know, had to cram into one bedroom of my mom's house because we'd already sold our other house. So it was intense. And a few times my mom said, I think you have hyperthermia, you know, because it would be November, and we didn't have heat in the house yet, and I would be there, you know, poly the ceiling and hammer tacking and and you know all all these things that were just so hard on my body and zero really rest and time for myself. So um, that's around the time when I was getting really big. Not really big, but that's the biggest I'd ever been and I decided to look into it a little further. So what I did was I cut gluten out of my diet And dairy and I knew that they weren't helping me I was bloated all the time and I lost all the weight within a couple of months and I did cold adaptation I started to get into things like Wim Hof and um, meditation and things like that and that's when I started to feel better as soon as I started to feel better though the other shoe dropped and my daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 11 and I'd already been, you know, practicing yoga a wee bit, um, not even a wee bit every day, but it wasn't it wasn't this kind of deep yoga that I enjoy now that actually has change, changed my life. Um, it was sort of like, a, you know, a yoga, a fitness kind of level. I was doing Taibo, and I've always been very active, right, with my children as well, but um, really starting to want to deepen my understanding of my body and... My responses to my environment and making those connections that the body, the mind, the spirit, the family, community, our emotional state, our, um, our environment, like energetic environment, all those things are connected. And I needed to start listening or else I was going to keep going the way I was going. I was going to go back to being sick and tired and um, all of that mess that was starting to come upon me. I mean, if had I not started to listen to my body, I guaranteed I would have been on, you know, medications thinking I had arthritis because my joints were so sore I could barely even walk up the stairs. And I started to get like neurological issues like with balance and things like that. So the more I learned about functional medicine after this point, the more I realized that it was all connected. So my daughter's diagnosis really launched me into way more than I ever thought I would experience. Um, At first it seemed that it was physical, which in part it is. I instinctually knew that there was everything was wrong about uh, what happened from there on in. uh, We had to advocate, we had to fight for certain tests. The only test she really got was a blood sugar level test and they'd never tested for insulin or they didn't test for antibodies um, didn't even look into her thyroid until i had to you know push for that once i understood what we needed so there were so many things i learned about diabetes in particular and then broadening that to autoimmunity and then broadening that to root causes because um we were not told any of that we were just told make sure you eat, uh, you know, make sure when you eat the amount of carbs you want to eat and eat as many as you want. Um, You just have to dial up enough insulin. And as we have found and any family I've spoken to that has encountered or has diabetes or someone who has diabetes in their family or their child has diabetes, they know that that does not work. And especially down the road when all of those causal factors are still at play and creating more damage and making it less and less easy to manage um, blood sugar levels. So I knew instinctually that that wasn't right. And so I, um, I made soup. <laughs> I brought it to the hospital. I, I was horrified to see that the kid in the next bed was eating Fruit Loops Um, that we were given pamphlets to, you know, make sure that we knew how many carbs were in McDonald's or uh, a local um, franchise of donut shops called Tim Hortons. I, at the time, I'm like, I don't want to know what's in those. I don't want my child to eat them. I'm pretty sure that it's not going to help her situation. So, The moment I asked the uh, current only doctor who was a a pediatric endocrinologist at the time if blood sugar had any, uh, controlling blood sugar had anything to do with um, glycemic load or glycemic index of foods. So basically what I was asking him was, the amount of sugar and the rate at which sugar turns into carbohydrates in the body, does that have anything to do with her ability to control her blood sugar level? And as soon as he said no and literally waved me off, I knew that I had to find answers for myself. So at first I thought those answers answers were going to be physical, and they were. And I learned about everything that I could learn. I researched Hours and hours and hours every day, and I still research hours and hours every day, <laughs> and not just about diabetes, but for all kinds of conditions now. Um, but hours and hours and hours every day, and uh, read all the books I could possibly find, I called all the people I could possibly think of. I, I would call the authors of the books themselves, or the the people who were the doctors at the clinics, you know, that were functional medicine doctors or practitioners, healers, anybody I could get information for. And it wasn't really an act of desperation. It was more of a, of a mission to find the answers, why and what happened. And not in a way that was, I didn't feel sorry for myself. I felt, and I didn't even feel sorry for my daughter. I felt great compassion and sorrow that she had to go through what she went through um, because it wasn't an easy road for her and maybe at some point um, I'll speak about that or she might. Um, but it was more so that we could find out what happened. Um, and I and, and oh, yes, I wanted to support her because this was a reality for her. But I never ever felt like it was the end. It was the beginning of discovery. It was the beginning of um you know, doing what we could to, and at first, my my goal was to reverse it, which is not um, not a, a a you know a bad goal. I mean, I, I think that everybody can subscribe uh, to that or you know aim for that kind of uh, resolution. Um, but it but as we went, it became more of a of a journey of discovery and not fixing her but actually supporting her to be her best and most healthful self and so the more um, I guess it would be aware we were of the root causes addressing those causes and then being able to allow things to unfold for her and for me and for our entire family who it greatly affected um, that was became more the goal. So. I learned that this was not just physical. I learned and instinctually knew from the get go. This is not, a diagnosis is not a true diagnosis. It's not just in the physical body. There are emotional factors. um, There are, you know, root causes that not only lie in infection or chemical toxicity or, um, you know, those sort of things you can tangibly measure but also in stress um, in patterns of stress in other people's uh, emotional states or the other people's stuff that lands on our children or each other. So I'll talk about that more woo-woo stuff in another episode but just to introduce this whole our whole story that's sort of those the things that I came to discover and in that journey I, I'm one of those people, and I'm sure many, many of you are, that I need to share what I learn with others. And I couldn't keep this to myself, um, especially since I've seen and heard from so many, so many people who start this journey and they don't have the right information. They don't have the right support and um, they don't have the empowerment to be able to act on what they learn. So what I wanted to do was start um, becoming a resource for people who were in that situation, and not just with children who have diabetes, but any sort of health condition. And most of them we can address with the same kind of uh, lens and outlook and, I guess, um, not pattern, but sequence of, you know, addressing each each sort of area of health Um And most of them can be addressed in the same way. So I wanted to help empower people and to connect them, right? When I talked about starting my degree, I wanted to connect people. And I wanted, and I knew that the answers lie in nature, in holistic health, in lifestyle factors, in lifestyle medicine, in nutrition, and how we are in the world, how we move, breathe, sleep, eat, Um, connect, uh, engage. It lied in in, uh, addressing stressors. It lied in functional medicine if we need to move to the medical realm Um, rather than the standard of care that it just falls short because it's only one tiny piece in a huge puzzle that many people don't even know exists. So I wanted to um, be able to Help people see that and uncover it, and support each other in 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 our um, both our individual journeys and our collective journey toward health. And I have lots to share, and I'm also continually learning. So this podcast is going to be a series of shorter sound bites um, with all manner of topics that hopefully that I I would like to build into an immense library of healing and inspiration for people listening. So um, I'm going to cut it short there. I actually said 15 minutes and we're gone 20 minute mark, but that's not bad. That's not bad. It's a long story to tell. And I think that there'll be more along the way. So, um, and I wanted to just say, just to end the show is that this podcast. So it's sponsored by the healthy family formula which is my initiative to um, empower and ignite people's uh, trajectory toward vitality and health. And it essentially means that we share our information for free. So all we ask is that before you move on to the next 100 things on your to-do list for today, take what you learn and instead of waiting until Monday or January 1st or any other arbitrary date in the future, act on it now buy that new food, start that new routine, shift into that healthier habit. The little steps steadily move you past the miles you leave behind for you, or behind you. (laughs) So the little steps steadily move you past the miles you leave behind you, which is really what I wanted to tell you in this podcast, is that every little bit counts, and sometimes the smallest things make the biggest shift. So for more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at healthyfamilyformula.com. And you can also like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash healthyfamilyformula. Okay, so facebook.com and I guess it, yeah, slash healthyfamilyformula. So I just want to thank you for listening as it was a pleasure to spend this time with you today and I look forward to a lot more time with you and I hope that you learn a ton from this new podcast. So may you and your family be well. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers, if they so choose, when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Oh.